Good morning, ladies. It's two minutes two, but I'm going to start with some prayer requests. So look at the sweet lady next to you and go like this. Um, I've got some prayer requests that I'd like you to take down, and there are also two cards going around. The one is for Kim Dennis. Uh, she had surgery. She is home from the hospital and recovering, but please keep her lifted up in prayer. The other one is for Roy and Colleen. Uh, Roy went back to the hospital with uh, that situation, terrible pain. Uh, they believe it's a nerve that is being pinched in there, and I don't know what they're going to do, how you unpinch a nerve with that knee replacement, but he's in the middle of that. Chris has one. Her daughter's in quarantine due to COVID. They both oh. have asthma. Oh, yes, Chris, um, certainly. Tammy or Ta Morgan. Tanya? Tanya. Oh. Yes. Praise the Lord that that protection can be there. Uh-huh. Those breathing issues really complicate that. So pray for protection for Tammy and Morgan did did test positive. Yeah, with traveling back and forth, right. Okay. Okay, just pray that uh, that protection is there for for Tammy. And our Judy right up here is dealing with vertigo. So if she starts walking tipsy, that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But pray for her. Any of you who have dealt with vertigo know how uh, difficult that can be. And then um, Kathy Heider asked prayer for Betty Coker. Some of you remember the Cokers. Um, she is had, diagnosed with uh, stage one breast cancer. I do have a praise concerning Bev, Bev and Doug's surgery, uh, D Doug Savage. Uh, there will be no surgery. The tumor in his pancreas has been shrinking on its own, which is wonderful. What he does deal with is excruciating headaches every morning, and um, and they're they're running other tests for other situations with some uh, things that he deals with. So uh, keep praying for Doug Savage. And then our dear Cindy, I mean, we, Rachel's been on our prayer list, her daughter, for a long time. And she's made great headway. So last week, uh, Rachel's epilepsy was under control. Um, this week was a rough, rough week. And Cindy came in and said, put her back on our prayer list. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so never should have took her, taken her off. But, um, and then also, John Savage uh, has a hip replacement surgery that will be coming up that um, when that we have more details on that, I will let you know on that. And Linnell? Uh, for my MR. Yes, an update. Got the results from her second biopsy bullet lump, and there was no cancer in that. Praise the Lord. Just radiation. That's, that's a wonderful answer to prayer. Okay. Um, all right. We're, and Sharman, our dear Sharman is in Sunday school. Her schedule has been switched, and we are thrilled that she is back in Sunday school. And, and uh, Sharma, would you introduce some of the ladies that you have brought with you? I sure will. This is uh, Miss Terry. Terry. And Shana. Shana. Julie. Yeah. <laughs> and Grace. Grace. And Jackie. 
And we are so happy that you are all in Sunday School. What a blessing it is to have you there. And um, our ladies will introduce themselves later on if their teacher gives them five minutes at the end of class. <laughs> Tammy, it's great to have you back and our travelers. So um, what a blessing. If you have a prayer request, would you please get it to Cindy, who then gets it to Maya, who has um, these ready for you. Just before we begin Sunday School, I encouraged you to memorize um, two wonderful verses in James and Vivian, uh, Hebrews, and Vivian was our winner. And so Vivian is going to quote those two verses. Um, and if you still got your paper, jot it down, still keep working on memorizing them. They are fabulous, powerful, daily needed verses that um, we need to have in our heads and our hearts. So turn to your Bibles. And you may begin. Uh, Hebrews 13, 20, 21. Now, you got to stop right there. And I know it, it's hard to stop when you're, you're doing it from memory. Make you perfect. It's Hebrews uh, 13 and um, verses, I just lost it, 20 and 21. And turn to the lady next to you and say, today, he will make you perfect. God will do this for us. Okay, I'll give you some background here. Um, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Working in you. Oh, yep, that's all right. I stopped you. That's why. Amen. And of course, you know what amen means. Say it again. Now, we're not going to have her say it again, but you and me need to say it again and again and um, continue memorizing this. And as you do, please let me know that you've got it memorized. And um, it's just, uh, there's nothing better that you can put into your heart than God's word. Yes. Now you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> I talked to her before class. <laughs> you can tell me no. Um, there are two cards going around. Please make sure you get those um, signed for me. And, um, and then also, you, this is on your seat. If you have a pen or pencil handy, it is so good. As we go through scripture and lessons, whether it be in here or in the morning service, and that is when the Lord uses his word to speak to us. And the best thing you and I can do when that happens is jot that verse down or jot that thought down. And, and then that gives you your review. So you have a picture here, first of all, when God blesses you beyond what you can ask, think, or imagine, that is a ginormous breakfast roll, okay? And it's so appropriate to where we are in the Lord's Prayer. So um, that's great. And I think we're going to need a couple more rows. Great. Oh, and there's one there, and there's one there, oh, and there's one. We're perfect. That's great. That's great. All righty. And so this is handy for you to take notes this morning. And uh, it's just a good habit to get into. 
two things I want to give an announcement on. First of all, you can count on me for Friend Day. If you did not get one of these, pick one up. Pick one up and contact and secure your friend for Friend Day. It is going to be a beautiful day. It's almost going to feel normal again. And um, you dear visitors that are here, I hope you can make it on Friend Day. We're going to have a delicious meal right after the service and a great speaker. The other thing I'd like to talk to you about is the ladies' retreat. I've got papers up here, the ladies' retreat. It's going to be a fabulous time. It's a wonderful time of spiritual renewal and just a plain good time of girl fun. So um, if you're interested in that, you can get a hold of me or Maya, uh, read through the sheets, and um, I hope you can make it. All righty, turn to your Bibles to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. We are in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. They ask him. First of all, I think it's the most beautiful question. Lord, Lord, teach me. Teach me what I need to have for today. Teach me. And they're saying to Jesus, after they've been traveling and living and ministering together, they are still saying... <laughs> I need to be taught. And so they say, Jesus, teach us how to what, girls? Pray. How to pray. Do you know we need to ask that same question? Teach me how to pray. Now, we have gone through the first part of the Lord's Prayer, and we're right in the middle of it right now. And we are right in the middle of a part that, ready, tastes so good. We're right here with this. Father, give me this day my daily bread. Yum. Yum. It's so cute. Um, I gave up bread a long time ago. I love bread. Uh, Tina wanted a bread machine. I, I wore out two bread machines in our growing up years, and Trina found one at a garage sale. She was really excited about it, so um, we're going to bring it up there this week and, and give it to Tina. I loved bread. I loved bread. The bread machine is something that I could put the ingredients in. Um, those were in my teaching days, and so Clint and I would leave the house and walk to school, and when we would come home, open that door, and what do we smell? Bread. <laughs> home. Home and bread were synonymous. And I often would tease my husband. I'd say, well, the Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but women sure could. You know, I mean, we love, we love our bread. Um, Caleb went to the ball game Friday night. It was so cute. We are so connected to eating this, this, this whole frame of reference. Give us this day our daily bread. He, they, it was an away game. They went in there, and a few minutes later, he went running up to his dad, and he said, Dad, we might as well go home. They're not selling any food. <laughs> We are so connected. We are so connected to food. God made us this way. We love to eat. It's why he put all those taste buds on our tongue. Do you know that our taste buds can taste five, some people say six, different flavors all at the same time? We love to eat because eating is way more than just consumption. Eating is about being filled with good things, filled with good things. Now, God knows that we long to be filled 
with good things. So right here, this is keeping me at my post, and I just I have nothing to tuck this in. So. Well, my, what a great idea, Cindy. Now I'm going to trip over the cord, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, genius. Okay. So right here, 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 right in the middle of this prayer, Jesus is saying, pray this to your Father. Give me this day my daily bread. Now, the thing that confused me as I've been studying this is why would Jesus tuck this little daily need in between two really big issues? We have just finished um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We just finished studying all that before we got into the bread. Now, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This was a huge issue. This is really big. This is about God's kingdom. This is about God's sovereignty and him reigning in my life. Of course I need to pray about that. that that's unbelievable. And then right after the bread point comes the issue of, ready, forgiveness. Yeah, well, of course, both forgiveness in myself and me forgiving others. Of course I need to pray about that. I get that. But right in between this these two huge, important areas, Jesus says, Kathy, pray about lunch. And I'm going, why? I mean, really? Pray, pray about lunch? I can't wait to tell you why. So I did a lot of praying and studying, and when, I, and when you study God's word, understand that everything you study is always put in order for a reason. And this whole Lord's Prayer, um, Lord, teach me to pray, and he begins with, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holiness was the first issue. Why? Because it's our new name, and unless I have a clean heart, what, girls? I might as well not even pray. Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, my Lord will not hear, hear, hear me. So he puts it in order on purpose so I can know my father. This issue of lunch in between these two great big other issues is there for a very specific reason. It's in order after he has given us all these other ways to pray in order, and this is why there's two reasons. Why does Jesus ask me to pray about lunch? Number one, it's an acknowledgement that my sustenance comes from God. Number one, it's an acknowledgement that all I have comes from God. Now, you can tack this on to last week's lesson a little bit. Remember in Acts, we live and move and have our being all because of God. Everything, it's God reigning in my life, but with an awareness that he is sovereign. God is all power. He's all power, and he's our father. So when, when I am told pray for lunch, it's, it's, a, it's an awareness of stop, stop. You're aware of your tummy's needs. I want, you make, I want to make you aware of bigger needs. 
but right now it's an opportunity to acknowledge me because I know you're going to eat. I know you love to eat. I made you that way. So now stop and acknowledge me in this moment. It is stopping me. It's reminding my head and my heart and my tummy that God is in complete control and that he will provide. It's also, think of the, um, think of the word daily. Daily is what? Daily. <laughs> Repetitive. It's all the time. And when I stop to pray and ask my Lord for something as simple as lunch, he's saying, I'm there to meet you in your, tell me, daily, daily needs. He has provided salvation for eternity, girls. But here he is providing for our daily needs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so that was number one. It also goes back into the sovereignty of God, which we covered last week. God is all power. He's omniscient. God is in control. And until we come to that point, we never relax and we never experience the peace of God. We never take a breath of oxygen and just go, God, you reign. And boy, when you learn to live that God is in control, it totally changes our day. Thank you, sweetie. She's gonna, oh, you know what? Why don't you start over here and over here? Kathy, <laughs> Kathy if you want to switch with Trina, you can. Yeah, <laughs> Kathy's cold all the time. So here's the number two point that we're going to dwell on for the rest of class. And I can't wait to tell you this point. Why does God tell me to pray for my lunch? Number two why we pray for lunch is very personal. It's our Father assuring you and me that he is very much aware of our daily need to be filled. Do you know, God knows areas of emptiness in me that I'm not even aware of. But you know what I am aware of? When my tummy's empty. When my tummy's empty, God is very much aware of that emptiness. And he says, child, I'm going to meet you right where you live, <laughs> in your empty tummy area. He says, I know what gets your attention. What gets your attention is when your tummy's empty. Matter of fact, your body will even growl and make noises when it's empty. And he says, so I'm going to meet you right there with your empty tummy. So number one. God tells me to pray concerning my lunch because it's a time in which he knows it gets my attention, and he wants what? My attention. And so he meets me in this very daily, shallow, physical need because he knows in a heartbeat there are going to be some very long-term, deeper emotional and spiritual needs in which I need to meet him. So with that in mind... Say to your neighbor, I'm hungry. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, Mickey. This is Mickey. Yes. Uh, Dwayne, would you get us one more chair? Sure. Thank you. I am so happy you're here, Mickey. I thought it started at 10.30. Oh, we used to. Yeah, we used to. I am really glad you're here. So it's our Father assuring me that he is very aware of my need to be daily filled. He knows that I'm empty and that he will meet me in this very physical daily need. I'm hungry. I'm hungry if I don't get, if I don't get filled. Um, when I had the children write a thank you letter to their moms for Mother's Day, 
in our elementary school, do you know 99%, 99 to 100% of those kids wrote concerning food? How their mama fixed them their favorite dessert, or her cookies were awesome, or she popped popcorn for family game night, or she made the best lunches. They were connected to food. We live tuned into our tummies. It gets our attention. When I acknowledge God in my empty stomach, I'm saying, God, you care about the little things in my day. You care about the little areas. He connects on this area of daily physical emptiness. Now, the much deeper area goes as we think about, okay, if I don't, if I don't pray before I eat, if I don't acknowledge God, it's no big deal. It's just such a little thing. I want to take you where it takes us when we live not acknowledging God. God's word says acknowledging him in what? All our ways. All our ways. And then he specifically says, acknowledge me for lunch because I know you're going to eat because I know you're very connected to your tummy. Here's a very easy daily way. We're going to go to the children of Israel. Now put your thinking caps on now. We've had a lot of disruptions, so get with me on this. The children of Israel, they have just been set free. They have just been set free. God wonderfully, powerfully, visibly frees his children from slavery. I can't imagine slavery, girls. I can't imagine it. The horrors of slavery, physically, the exhausting labors uh, of just work, working, working, unreasonable, unreasonable requests, unreasonable duties, unreasonable physical labor. But much worse concerning slavery is the debauchery and the atrocities that take place because I am a slave. The constant fear, the constant pain, this is what the Israelites have been living with. And God delivers them. Put yourself in their shoes. Can you imagine going from slavery to freedom? The hopeless oppression of slavery. So he frees his enslaved children to prove, and this is stated in Exodus 14.4, this is what God is, is proving, not just delivering his children, but he wants the Egyptians to know who truly is God. He says that the Egyptians may know that I am God. See, the Egyptians, this nation, had totally... Um, set up all kinds of little gods. They totally defied Jehovah God. Uh, the Israelites could not serve God. They were killed if they served God. They were forced to serve little gods. And God, Jehovah, says, I'm setting you free, and the Egyptians are going to know that I am the Lord. So they experienced the water turning to blood and frogs, and flies. All the Egyptian cattle dies, but not the cattle in the, of the children of Israel. Boils upon man and beast, only in Egypt. Hail, locusts, 
Lastly, the death angel. So God delivers. Now turn to your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. You're just going to love this. Exodus chapter 12. And verse number 34 and 35. Now remember, Jesus is teaching us to pray, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. We're to be thankful and acknowledge God in the little daily things so trite as lunch. Now here, the Israelites have been delivered out of slavery, out of bondage, into freedom. They're getting ready to go. And verse 34 says, and the people took their what? Their, their bread. They took their bread. They took their bread. Before it was leavened, their kneading trough being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels, silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptians so that he lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. This is amazing. God says, you're free. You're free from bondage. And now, now pack up because I'm going to take you on a trip to where you can live in liberty, in freedom. You can worship me. You can be a family. You can work. You'll enjoy the fruit of your own labor. And what do they pack up? Bread. Bread dough. So God continues to do miracles. Now turn to Psalm chapter 106, because here is the rest of the story. Psalm 106. God continues to do miracles as they race out of Egypt. And in Psalm 106, starting at verse 9, he continues to do more miracles on the way. He rebukes the Red Sea also, and it was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy, and the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. So that's what else they just saw. That's what else they just saw on top of all the miracles. Now, verse 12, then believed they his words. Then, I'd have believed him back with the frogs, okay? But, girls, our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. Satan's number one goal is to deceive so we will not believe God. When God says, I will do this, and we don't see it happen, our deceitful, wandering heart immediately goes, no, it's not going to happen. And God says, where's your faith? Haven't you seen what I've done? So, so here they are. They believed, then they believed his words, and they sang his praise. I can't wait to have choir back. There's something that happens deep inside of us. It is God made that when we sing praises to God, he works inside of us. It's beautiful. All right, verse 13. This is what's going to happen. They pack their bread. There were no preservatives back then. That bread lasted maybe two days, maybe three. It's a stretch. But the bread was gone. All of a sudden, the children of Israel are ready empty. Empty. Now, again, understand that God has taken a physical thing to teach me a spiritual truth that I desperately need 
to put in my day every day. So the children of Israel now are empty, and it says they soon, and I've written in the margin of my Bible, as soon as their tummies were empty, as soon as their tummies were empty, they forgot his works. Mm. They forgot his works. How in the world could you forget what you have lived for generations and what just happened two weeks ago? How could you forget the slavery? How could you forget the bondage? How could you forget the oppression? How could you forget the pain? How could you forget the hopelessness? How could you look in the eyes of your children and know they had nothing better for tomorrow and the rest of their life because this has been going on? How could you forget that, Linnell? Oh, we're going to see how they forgot it in just a minute. But when I forget, this is what I do next. Ready? But they, uh, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. Now, girls, this is where we need to park for a minute. They waited not for what? His counsel. They waited not for his counsel. Follow this connection. When they were out of bread, when they were empty, when they were hungry, ready? They didn't pray. When I am empty, when I am hungry, and I don't pray, you know what I will do every time? Blame. The children of Israel, as soon as they were empty and they did not seek the counsel of God, you know what they did? It's Moses' fault. It's Moses' fault. They blamed. You and I take this same trajectory in the way we go when we allow our emptiness to be controlled by our feelings and our thinking rather than allowing our emptiness to be controlled by the counsel of God and through prayer. And you and I have a choice because we've been made free. We are not in the bondage of sin anymore. We have access to the very throne room of heaven in a heartbeat with a clean heart. I can say, Jesus, I'm hungry. I'm empty. I don't understand. But you do. And we're going to get into these wonderful the wonderful way that the way that the Holy Spirit takes me, which again builds my faith. It takes me out of those baby steps of which I was born when I was spiritually reborn because I asked Christ to come into my heart and forgive me of my sin and be my savior. I'm a brand new baby. I'm brand spanking new. And I told you what that meant. It's just so beautiful. It's a picture of of physical birth, which we, which many of us know, uh, uh, we are born as babies, and the first thing the doctor does is spank that little behind to get that fresh oxygen. And God says, when you are spiritually born, it's the same way you're born as a baby. So you start taking in the milk of the word to grow your Sunday school cookie. It's a tree. You didn't start out that way. You started out as that little nut that little nut that's there. God has a plan for growth in you and me for his children. He never planned for me to stay a nut. He never planned for me to stay. <laughs> he, he, he said, well, God better start working, right? Okay. He never planned for us to stay a baby. And when I don't acknowledge God and when I don't find his counsel in my areas of emptiness that we all live in this, with in this sin-cursed world, God says, child, you're stuck. You're stuck, but you don't have to be. 
You don't have to be. This is why this is written down so you and I can learn, so you and I can grow, so you and I can understand what a loving Heavenly Father we have. The very fact that he is concerned about my empty tummy and says, child, come to the table, pray about lunch. It's our point of connection. You think about food all the time. I am, I'm a foodie. He says, so it connects to me. And it is a beautiful fact. And we're going to get into it next week as the Lord wills of YBH. Yeah, but how do I daily? I mean, when God's word says pray without ceasing, how is that possible? It is so possible. We're going to get into the practicalities next week of literally. But today is the philosophical side of our wonderful father that is concerned with my empty tummy and says, pray about your lunch. Well, they griped. They didn't go to God to fill their emptiness. They just griped about not having their lunch. Now, remember, they're griping about an empty tummy, about not having lunch, because you cannot believe what's going to happen next. Wouldn't you think someone in that huge congregation of set-free humanity, someone besides Moses, would say, God will provide? Wouldn't you think that? Wouldn't you think that? Someone. Hey, remember last week? Remember what God just did? I know. I know. I've got a good idea. Let's, let's ask God about it. No one did. Do you know what they asked? Where's lunch? No one acknowledged God about their hunger. Now, you and I shake our heads in disbelief, and I did too. The more I, the more I studied this, I just, I just thought, wow. So let me ask you a very accountable question. Thinking about your last week, did you at any time worry about anything? Did you? Did I? That is my emptiness. That is my hungering. That is the point in which I have this choice to feed the worry. How do I feed it? I keep dwelling on it. I keep dwelling on it. I keep turning it over. Or I keep talking to everybody about it except God. The children of Israel in this issue said they did not Get the counsel of God. They forgot. They forgot quickly, and they did not get counsel from God. That was the first step in the step of emptiness where they turned exactly the wrong way, regardless of what they've seen. My dear sisters in Christ, we have that same Israelite heart in us. We have been so set free. We've been given the privilege of walking in his glorious light, his glorious light. And yet we choose to turn the other way like the Israelites. We don't seek God's counsel. So on the positive side of it, next time that little worry comes up or that big worry, I don't care if it's about lunch, I don't care if it's about a health issue, I don't care if it's finances, I don't care if it's about something in the future. No, no. Acknowledge God in it. And you know what God says? Get to my table. I've got something prepared for you that not only is going to 
give you my peace as opposed to your worry, but it's going to fill you up. Get to my table. David writes, thou preparest a table before me when? In the presence of my enemies. You know what our enemy is? Anything that empties us. Anyone that empties us. And God says, I, I've got just what you need for that emptiness. Get to my table. Come and dine. But the Israels would not. Now we're going to go on and, and ask a little bit more about this. So no one said God will provide. No one would say, hey, let's remember what God has already done. This, this is another personal sweet thing that you and I are to do every day. Recall what God has done for you every day. Every day. Do the alphabet game that we've talked about. A, Father, all my sins are forgiven. B, Father, develop the beauty of Christ in me. My boys, Doug and Clint. I mean, literally go through the alphabet. If you can't sleep at night, go through the alphabet and rehearse what God has done for you. So, then you get God's counsel. What does God have to say about this worry? And it's going to take us most often to the next point in the Lord's Prayer. That's why this is in order. It's going to be either somebody I need to forgive or there's myself that I need to forgive. Satan loves to flog us with guilt. He loves us to just be defeated because of something that we did in the past or that we didn't do in the past. And this issue of forgiveness is so free and it's so beautiful. I've got to get to his table, find his counsel about concerning the thing that I'm worried or bothered or irritated about. Um, now, if you want to know if you are doing that, here's an indicator. Last week, did I walk through my day discouraged? Did I walk through my day downhearted? Did I walk through my day irritated? Did I walk through my day angry, because those are all the indicators that I'm living empty, empty. So with God's beautiful freeing choice, he says, child, come to the table. Come to the table and learn to praise, and we're going to get into that next week too. First of all, let me assure you that I will provide your lunch, because God is God. And he is sovereign. So, as I voice my assurance that he will provide, and this is part of what we have studied in lessons past too, when something comes up that is, is as shallow as lunch or as deep as cancer, this is my response every time I feel overwhelmed with it. It is, dear Lord, thank you. I can't wait to see how you're going to answer this prayer. Father, I acknowledge you in this. Thank you that you will provide. And that little discipline that started way back with my Clint has been such a rock for me as I continually get to declare and you continually get to declare God's goodness in everything. In everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, that's how this pathetic little mind put it together in a time frame in which I, I couldn't think the YBH through my emptiness. It's right there spelled out. Kathy, when was the last time you even thanked me for anything? Well, I had a prayer request as long as my leg. And I would pray my worry and I would pray my, my emptiness. And God says, no, 
No, I will supply in everything through prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. But, but with thanksgiving, when you begin to thank God, doors open up in your mind and in your sight that we are automatically blinded to when all we see is the problem, when all we see is the emptiness. And we don't get God's counsel. We just keep feeding the emptiness. Um, God wants my emptiness to take me to him, which in turn grows my faith. Now connect these points, girls, with, with praying for lunch. Praying for lunch is about growing my faith. It's so exciting because lunch is such a little thing. And it's what God uses the little things to grow my faith. Um, Clint was probably just two. The girls were four. And the girls were having a very whiny day. And I was having a very worried day. Uh, I was on the phone with my sister. I had a 20-foot cord. Do you know what a phone cord is that's a 20-foot phone cord? I loved my 20-foot phone cord. You know what I could do with my... 20-foot phone cord, anything I wanted. But especially, I could walk into the laundry room, close the door on the bedlam that I lived with at that point in my life, and actually have a coherent conversation for two minutes. Two minutes. Peek out the door. Oh, everything's fine. You know, two minutes more. I loved my, my 40-foot, or no, 20-foot phone cord. I probably stretched it out to about 40. Um, would allow me to do the dishes, throw in a load of laundry, go clean off the front door window that had stuff way worse than just fingerprints. I mean, I could do anything with it. But during this day that the girls were whining, I, they wanted lunch. They were hungry. They wanted lunch. Mommy, mommy. And I kept putting them off. I kept putting them off, doing one more thing. I was talking to my sister, doing one more thing. And uh, pretty soon, Clint caught on to the whininess because whininess is contagious and more virulent than COVID. And, um, and so Clint started whining. Now, at this point, Clint was not walking, okay? Um, we were doing on-the-hour therapy every day, and during this phase of his life, we went to the hospital two to three times a week to do PT, physical therapy. It was wonderful for him, wonderful. But, of course, it's very, very consuming. So he was not walking yet, and the doctors had just given me the news that Clint may never walk. That's what I was worrying about, okay? And, and all of a sudden, in this whiny day, I watched Clint army crawl. And he's doing it really fast. And he's doing it in the right order because we are so fearfully and wondrously made. Do you know your right arm is supposed to go up when your knee goes up? And then Sarah knows all about that. It has to be done in order. It actually is going to teach you some math skills later on. That's how wonderfully we are made. Okay, so anyways, I'm watching Clint. I'm going, I'm talking to Chrissy. Chrissy, you should see Clint Crawley. He's doing great. It's that core strength that, ha that, that was not developing, that all of a sudden was developing. And then I saw him crawl into the dining room because he'd been hearing his sisters whine about lunch, okay? He goes into the dining room of the parsonage, and I see Clint do something he has never done before. He takes his little hands on the chair, the leg of the chair, pulls himself up, gets one hand on the seat of the chair, gets the other hand on the seat, and lifts himself up. He has never done this before. I, I'm in shock. I'm not breathing. I said to Chrissy, I gotta go. And I'm watching. 
He then takes his little fat paw. <laughs> He's got the hawse paws. And, and, and reaches across the cushion of the chair with both hands and pulls his body up on that chair. He's never done this. He then sets his little fanny on the chair and sits upright, and you are not going to believe what he does next. He folds his hands, and he bows his head. And here's Mama. Mama, who was not paying any attention to her darling twins, catapults to the cupboard, grabs the Cheerios, throws them on a plate, grabs his sippy cup, leaps over the strewn toys to get that in front of his little face before his little babbling prayer is done because he is praying for his food and he knows it's going to be there when he stops. Now, girls, what, what motivated me? The girls, the twins whining? No, 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 no. I was an experienced mother by then. I knew, how to, I knew how to tune that out, you know? What motivated me? Seeing Clint, with all his emptiness and all his neediness, do the next right thing. Mama will provide. I got to get to the table. Mama will provide. I got to get to the table. It's exactly what God, our Father, looks down and he says, Child, you can do this. You can learn to do this. Do the next right thing according to my counsel. I will provide. Get to my table. Come and dine. I'm going to fill this emptiness. I'm going to prove myself. And as I do, do you know what it does to your faith? You take a giant, take a giant baby step into better growth. It is the most beautiful thing in the world that in the midst of these heavy issues of the Lord's Prayer, that our Jesus says, oh, and this, pray about lunch. Pray about lunch. Because it is an acknowledgement that your Father is concerned about your daily little emptiness. And then learn, as you feel that empty, don't, don't you feed it. Don't you feed the empty. You go to God in prayer with thanksgiving, and then you get his counsel concerning that little emptiness or that big emptiness. And he is going to give your faith a giant growing spurt as you learn. You can trust your father for eternity. You can trust him for forgiveness of sin. You can trust him with your children, with your husband, with your friends, with your job, with your health. You can even trust him for lunch. Now think about that. When you bow your head and you pray this afternoon, God, thank you. How can we not do anything but thank you? So easy to be an Israelite. God says, you're my child. You're my child. Come and dine. Get to the table. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that you instruct us to pray.
pray about lunch for the pure fact that we are so connected to our physical needs and you know that's a place where you will meet us because we are very much aware of that. God, thank you that you love to answer and fill. I love Ephesians 3.20, that ye might be filled. And Father, today each of us can. God, forgive us for our easy wandering, our, our forgetfulness. Father, may we be diligent about thanking you that we've been set free. No bondage. And God, we have a testimony for our children to see that we love and serve a God who is all-powerful. We'll thank you for all you do in our heart because of your word, because of the milk of your word. I pray each of us will grow thereby, honoring you, living for the purpose for which we are created, to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.